Today's episode contains some material and language that might not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. Before we get started, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, or even leave a comment because it lets me know that you're listening. And I like that. And also, be sure to check out PlumForestPodcast.com so you can check on your voting status and continue to make donations to organizations that are assisting the Black Lives Matter movement. I hope all of our wonderful listeners are enjoying the summer and staying safe while they can. And what a way to enjoy this wonderful weather by listening to this amazing podcast outside, wherever you may be. Today, we have a great episode that I'm really partial to. This week's episode has to do with a story that most cultures around the world have a version of, but because we are the Plum Forest Podcast, we're going to do the Chinese version. The origin of this story is based off of a story called Nie Yi Dao, and is from a collection of short stories compiled in the book Jiu Xiao Suo, or Old Short Stories, so pretty clever name, right? This story was used as a way to figure out and solve court matters that came up. And if you change some of the characters, you can see what that really means. But either way, I think you'll like the story that we've made for all of our wonderful listeners. So, on that note, let's begin today's story, The Brown Bag. Summertime had finally arrived in beautiful San Francisco, but anyone who has spent a summer in San Francisco knows all too well that it really wasn't that hot in the city. I think it was Mark Twain who once said, The coldest winter I ever saw was the summer I spent in San Francisco. But it was now summer in San Francisco and everyone was waiting to get out of the office to go out and enjoy the beautiful weather. One of these many people who couldn't wait to get outside to have some fun was a young man by the name of Andy. Andy was a nice young fellow who was in his early 20s and worked at a local fruit stand over in the Mission District of the city. And if you're not too familiar with the Mission District in San Francisco, it's an up-and-coming neighborhood where rent is way overpriced. But luckily for Andy, he wasn't one of the people who lived in this area of San Francisco. He was a man who lived with his mother and they could barely make rent almost every month. His life was always a struggle, but because him and his mother lived in an apartment that she had bought in the 80s in West Oakland, they were always able just to scrape by. Thank the gods for San Francisco rent control, right? Every day Andy would leave his home and head to the Lake Merritt Station and hop on the Barton till he got off at the 24th Street Mission Station. And from there, It was just a quick little walk to his work. He would often ride BART before the huge traffic rush as his fruit stand usually opened up at 5.30 a.m. He would try and get his fruit out before the hustle and bustle of the city would soon take over the streets. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever ridden BART, but it is not cheap for a subway system. I mean, there are way worse subway systems in the world. I'm looking at you, L.A., but this was the only means of transportation for him, and he just had to do it. On one fine morning, he headed out to work. Just like almost every other person that rides Bart on a daily basis, he had a routine. He would start by putting his headphones in, and then listen to music and usually keep to himself. 
As he would exit the BART station, he began his normal walk to his fruit stand. When, one day, he stepped on a brown paper bag thinking it was just garbage. But he soon realized that there was something in this bag. He reached down to grab this brown paper bag on the street when he soon realized that it was a wad of cash in the bag. <laughs> Holy shit, he thought to himself. Andy quickly swiveled his head around to see if anyone had seen him grab this bag, but the streets were empty because it was the butt crack of dawn. With no one in sight, he shoved his sack into his backpack with his lunch and knew he had to scram as quickly as possible. He didn't think that counting it would be such a good idea right now, so he figured that he would just count it out later. As he headed into work, he was so nervous that this was going to come back to haunt him. But at the same time, he was so excited because he had just found a huge stack of cash and him and his family could really use it. I mean, I'd be super happy if I found a brown bag with a huge wad of cash, but hey, that's just me, and we're all different, right? He soon arrived at his work and put his backpack in the back room where he figured it would be safe for some time, and he would figure it out after his shift. The fruits that they had that day were so fresh and delicious, they practically sold themselves. And out of nowhere, he soon realized that it was his lunchtime, so he headed to the back room to enjoy his PB&J. And say what you will, a PB&J is a classic sandwich that everyone loves. No matter your income level, a PB&J is amazing. He sat down at the table with his backpack and reached in to grab his sandwich when it finally dawned on him that maybe he should see how much was in that bag. So, like anyone else, he set his sandwich down and grabbed the bag of money out of his backpack. He peeked into the bag and began counting the money. After a few seconds, he realized he had over 10 grand in this brown paper bag, and he wasn't sure what he was going to do with this chunk of change. He took another bite of his sandwich, and because it was the end of the month, he needed to get some essentials so him and his mom could eat for the next few days. But, like the good employee he was, he finished his lunch and headed back to the bustling streets of Slangin' Fruits. And like that morning, his shift whizzed by and again before he knew it, it was time to clock out and his manager made sure he couldn't get any overtime and shoot him out of the store. He then rushed back to grab his backpack and headed to the BART with his headphones in, bumping one of his favorite albums. As he stood there waiting for his train to arrive at the station, he began thinking of what essentials he was going to buy at the market to make it through the next few days until he could find a way to figure this situation out. He boarded the train and then got off at his stop and headed over to the market just down the street from his house to get the essentials he had planned out. Andy made a list and got what he needed. He grabbed a huge bag of rice, some top ramen, some pork chops on sale, a couple of steaks as a treat for him and his mom, and as many boxes of spaghetti as he could carry. As he stood there waiting in the checkout line, he grabbed a few bills out of the brown paper bag with all the money, and then looked right over to his left to see that Kit Kat bar staring back at him. He decided to treat himself and grabbed one of those and tossed it onto the conveyor belt. He paid the cashier and shoved everything in his backpack and rushed home to tell his mom what he had found earlier that day. Just as he cracked open the door, his mom was already yelling at him. You're late, Andy. I know, I know. I had to make a quick stop at the market and I grabbed some things for us. 
He walked into the kitchen as she was just finishing up cooking dinner, and he laid two bags of groceries filled to the brim on the counter. Where did you take this from? You go to the food bank? No, no, no. I got it from Ralph's. Ralph's? You know, next Tuesday is our shopping day after you get paid. Did you steal it? <laughs> of course not, Mom. I learned my lesson with that toy when I was five. Damn straight you did. I found some cash in a bag outside work this morning, and after work, I went back and grabbed some food for us. Just as he finished his sentence, he put the two steaks down on the counter. Steaks? And money in a bag? Who did you rob? No one, I swear. It was just outside laying on the ground outside the entrance of the BART station at work. Well, how much was in this fake brown bag? Ten grand. Ten grand? Where is the rest of it? Someone is gonna come looking for this, you know. Ten fucking grand? Oh, you need to return this to where you found it. ASAP. If it was like twenty bucks, I wouldn't care. But ten grand? Is either drug money or someone's savings? And I don't want to be put in that situation where ruining either one of those is a consequence. Oh, come on, Mom. You know it'll help, and I already spent some of it on groceries. And you should put those groceries in the bag when you put it back where you found it. How? No one's going to know it was me. It was like 4.30 in the morning and no one was on the street. There is always someone on the street, and especially with that kind of money. Someone was watching. I promise you, no one saw me. It was super dark and early, and the fog was rolling in too, so no one could see me. Don't worry. You're needed, Andy. Someone was there, or someone is going to be looking for that. We should go to the police station over there and drop it off. They're usually pretty good with these kinds of things. What are they going to do? I'm just going to roll into a police station and just say I found it on the street? Then when they realize it's a fat wad of cash, they're just going to pocket it. Uh, you and your view of the police. Well, every day you're going to go back to where you found it and hang around, both before and after work, and see if anyone is looking for it. I'm going to get robbed or murdered. You know that, right? Oh, we gotta try. Our entire lives we've always struggled with money. And that's how we've always been. This random occurrence of this huge amount of money is gonna bring us bad luck. And when we're already struggling, this isn't what we need. Or it's actually really good luck. You and your stupid old country beliefs that make every great situation we have flipped on its ass, and now it's a horrible thing? Glass half full, mom! My beliefs are what I've been doing for so long, and I'm still here. Fine, 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 fine. I'll fucking go there early and see, and then I'll stay after work, but we should at least eat the food we already have. It's not like they're gonna notice a few bucks missing out of a huge stack. Alright, that's true. The two both took a few breaths and calmed down just as she was finishing up the final steps of her cooking. So, those steaks, what kind did you get? New York strips. Ugh. Bigit, those are my favorite. I know, Mom. That's why I got them for us. All right. Well, dinner's ready, and we'll eat those tomorrow. Zestol. The two then sat down and enjoyed dinner together like they did every single night. The next morning, Andy woke up a little bit earlier and got out of the house to wait a little bit around the exit of the BART station to see if anyone was looking for anything in particular, but just as he expected, no one showed up. 
He then headed into work, and then as he was getting off, he decided to wait around the BART station to see if anyone showed up, again seeing if anyone was looking for something in particular. But again, no one was looking for lost brown bags full of cash. He would do this every day for almost a week, but no one was seen looking for this bag. On one day, Andy had just finished his shift, and he was waiting at the entrance to see if he could find the owner of this cash. As he was about to head into the station, he noticed a man in a suit and a tie with a briefcase, bent over, searching for something on the ground. Andy watched him for a little while, and after a little bit longer, he walked over to him and asked him a quick question. Hey, are you looking for something? Can I help you at all? Yeah, I'm looking for a brown bag with some some stuff in it. Brown bag, huh? Yeah, just uh, like a brown bag you would put a beer in and carry it around on the street. A brown bagger could have fooled me with your suit and tie that you're someone that uses brown bags for drinks. Well, I'm not always wearing this suit and tie. <laughs> well, here. He threw around his backpack to the front of him and unzipped it to pull out a brown bag and handed it over to the man. My mu- uh, brown bag. That's right, your brown bag. Andy said with finger quotes. Yeah, I found it the other morning outside the station. Picked it up to find it was full of, uh, cabbage. Um, cabbage? Oh, yeah, 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 uh, cabbage. Yeah, well, glad to get it back to its rightful owner. It's all there. Don't worry. The man began to count it and realized that it was missing a few bills. Hey, uh, this bag feels a little... empty, you know? A little empty? Get out of here. It should be all there. Well, not all of it. I was pretty sure exactly how much was in it when I lost it. Now it's not the same. Why are you so stingy about this? Shouldn't that be my reward for helping you? I came up to you a few minutes ago and gave it to you. A finder's fee. Are you going to be that cheap? Well, it's my fucking money, you ingrate. Where's the missing money? The two then began getting into a small scuffle over the missing money, and a small crowd began to form around them. The argument escalated into shoving and pushing when all of a sudden, one of San Francisco's finest showed up to defuse the situation. Hey, so what's going on here? The two of them both explained their side of the story, and the police officer took notes to try and figure out what the best action would be. Alright, so let me get this correct. You found this money the other morning, and then you saw him looking for it today and handed it back to him, and he's saying that all his money is not there. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and you said that you told your mother about this bag of money you found, and she told you to wait here before and after work to try and find the rightful owner? Yeah, she told me to come here and wait every day to try and find its owner. It's pretty Eagle Scout of you and your mom. Well, my mom can be pretty persuasive, and she rules with an iron fist. Oh, really? That sounds like my mom. They're all kind of similar, aren't they? Hey guys, I uh, kind of need my money back now. The police officer continued to interrogate both of these men, and after a short while, he asked both of them to come over and talk to him at the same time. So here's my conclusion. I have no idea where this money came from, but there's absolutely no way to prove that it's yours. He pointed to the man in the suit. Because you found it, and I have no proof it's not yours, it's your money. He handed the bag of cash over to Andy. You've got to be fucking kidding me. That's my money. I don't really see your name on it at all. And unless you want to tell me where it came from, it's this young man's here. 
Uh, why, thank you, officer. Yeah, well, it must be a gift uh, from God to help an elderly woman finish her days in happiness. This is fucking ridiculous. Give me my money. Sir, I'm gonna have to ask you to calm down. No, you calm down, you pig. Give me my fucking money. Oh, you should not have done that. The police officer pinned the man in the suit against a nearby car and began reciting his Miranda rights to him. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used. Andy stood there and watched this man be handcuffed and taken away. Hey, uh, do you need me for anything else or am I good to go? No, sir. You are all good to go. Just make sure you tell your mother what happened. The officer gave a quick wink and a smile over to Andy. Andy then put his headphones on and put the bag in his backpack and headed down the BART station to head home and explain to his mom what had happened that day. As they always say, moms know best, right? Quite the story we had there, wasn't it? I mean, in all reality, there is no real way of knowing that that money was actually that man's. Either way, I'm glad how the story ended, and I feel that they deserved it a little bit more than that other guy. But hey, that's just my opinion. And like I said in the intro, almost every culture has a story kind of like this one, where an official is put in a situation and has to make a decision between two parties. I think there was one Greek one about two mothers and their baby and then the ruler was going to cut the baby and then the real mother didn't want her child to die so she gave it up but then that's how they found the real mother. This is kind of the same thing. I mean a brown bag of money and slaughtering an infant aren't the same but you get what I mean. Also I liked how this goes back to the age old saying that a mom is always right which in this case it's true. Don't go telling my mom that because it'll go straight to her head, but we all know that they just want the best for all their kids. And I know you have some odd questions, so please head on over to the Plum Forest Podcast subreddit to discuss any questions that you may have. I bet you got some in there. Our voices were done by an amazing group of people today. Thanks guys for helping out with this episode. Ali Chopra did a great job on the Mark Twain line in the beginning, and the police officer was extremely well done by Spencer Barker, who also has a really cool podcast called Filled Cups Waiting to be Spilled. They retell Ray Bradbury stories, and I think that's pretty cool, and it's also really interesting. An old buddy of mine who also studied Chinese literature with me, Anastasia, did a great job with the voice of the mom. She even added some Russian flair to make it that much better. We had two new voices in this one, where they were both done really well. Ryan did the voice of the man who was looking for his money, and Tim did the voice of Andy. Both of them have a hilarious podcast called Bonely, where I find myself icing my sides because those guys made me laugh so frickin' hard. And when I was editing all those lines that the Bonely boys sent me, I could not stop laughing. It was really nice to have a good laugh in a normally stressful time for me, so be sure to check them out after you finish all of the Plum Forest podcasts first. Right, everyone? Good. Links to all of these wonderful people's works that they're working on can all be found on the website under this episode's notes. So be sure to go click that and see what they're doing. Be sure to follow us on social media at Plum Forest Pod for any information about releases or show info. 
Our website is still hanging out there at plumforestpodcast.com with little bits of info that might help give you a clearer picture of what's going on. And plus, you can find those links that I was talking about on the website under this week's episode page. So you can go check out their cool stuff that they're able to do and they're all working on. It's pretty cool stuff. Next week, we got an all-new episode, so be sure to follow us so you can get alerted when it's out. And don't forget to follow or subscribe so the rest of the world can see how much you really like my podcast. Like every other episode, I want every single listener to take care and stay safe, everyone. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Nailed it.